was thinking it was uh, kind of curious. How many of you went to the Highland Jazz and Blues Fest yesterday? I was thinking that it was probably, it's, they did something they probably don't do at Jazz Fest in New Orleans. They passed the hat. I don't think they do that at other jazz festivals. I think, and that's probably uh, pretty unique to, to this area and probably our culture. Well, we know there is great abundance in the world of both suffering and love, of both need and opportunity. Our Unitarian Universalist faith challenges us to recognize our privileges and to share them. to discover our gifts and skills, and to share them too. Um, now, do you know the difference between our privileges and our gifts? I mean, do you ever think about that? The talents, education, or access to information, resources, money, and, and or power that we have by chance of birth or geography are called privileges. These are different from the skills and talents that we develop through practice. Like, for example, having access to a piano and piano lessons, being able to go swimming or play soccer or have art supplies, those are privileges. Practicing, working with the craft, developing those becomes a gift. Being able to play a classical sonata is not a privilege, it's a gift. It takes a lot of practice. Just like getting to Carnegie Hall, right? But don't. Yeah. Um, so let's say privileges are kind of like, it's a privilege to be able to be picky about what you eat. Hungry people aren't picky. It's a privilege to have a bed to sleep in at night or having a warm home in the wintertime or a home in which there's not violence. Going to school is a privilege. Living in a place that is not a war zone is a privilege. Access to internet and electronic toys, all of that stuff, those are privileges. 
learning the same language from birth that is used in your school is a privilege. Earning good grades, learning a new sport and staying on a team, playing an instrument well, being a neat writer or a good writer, building a large vocabulary, those are skills and gifts, not privileges. Just a couple of months ago, I was at a Northern and Central Louisiana Interfaith clergy meeting, and we were talking about the way here, and I don't, maybe it's true everywhere, I don't know, but the way that in our community, agencies compete with each other rather than cooperate sometimes. There seems to be uh, an attitude that there's not enough to go around, an attitude of lack rather than abundance. And so rather than linking up and making this blanket of service that can care and serve everything easily and tie people into the things that they want easily, people will jockey by hook or crook sometimes to get the dollars that they think are the only dollars out there for their agency. And we were talking about that sense of lack as opposed to a sense of abundance, and one of the ministers there said, uh, well, maybe we should all just commit to planning a series of, uh, of sermons on abundance you know, for a whole month or something. She is not the senior pastor at her church. <laughs> Um, and you can tell probably just by the framework that it was someone from a Christ, Christian tradition, that it would be a sermon and that there might be a series and, and stuff like that. But the idea that a number of different um, congregation or organizational leaders from the community would all be talking about abundance and trying to, some in some subtle way, work from subsurface into the consciousness of the city to begin to get our city council, begin to get our, uh, our nonprofit agencies, begin to get the service organizations to think in terms of abundance more readily than the fear of not having enough was kind of the idea. Even if it is currently true that if one group gets the money, the other one doesn't, I don't think that necessarily makes it true that there's not enough out there to go around. There was a minister preaching, and he announced from the pulpit, I have good news and bad news. He said, the good news is we have enough money to retire the mortgage of the church. And a sigh of relief went through the congregation, and the preacher continued, and he said, the bad news is 
the money is still in your pocket. (laughs) Marlon Lavender, who's the senior pastor at All Souls in Tulsa, one of our biggest congregations, if not the biggest congregation. It's one of our biggest, second biggest congregation in the denomination. Um, Posted a sermon online of a man named Dr. Miguel de la Torre. And his sermon was called, When I'm Hopeless. At the beginning of it, he said, take out your wallet, get out a dollar bill. So why don't you do that? Get out your wallet or your purse, get out a $1 bill. If you have more than one and the person next to you doesn't have one, pass one down and share it with your brother. He said, in Indonesia, you work for two days to get one of these. Two whole days. No, no, no. You work a whole day and you get two of these. In Bangladesh, you work a whole day and you get a half a day half of one, so you work two whole days to get one of these. Uh, Women in America get 70% of these that men get. Um, Black women get 60%. Latinas get 50 to 55%. In the Christian scriptures, Jesus talks more about money than about salvation or heaven or God because it's pretty culturally important, isn't it? Uh, So it's true that most who profess to follow Jesus, this is a lot of what this uh, Dr. De La Torre talked about. Um, he said still most who profess to follow Jesus or believe in God and others who self-identify as conservatives end up worshiping the almighty dollar and those liberals even who do not who are not theists uh, but that say sometimes we're God's hands in the world end up worshiping the same God Thirty thousand children a day die of preventable diseases. Today, thirty thousand children will die of preventable diseases. Tomorrow, thirty thousand children will die of preventable diseases. If I go home and I sell everything I own and give it to causes trying to do something about that. Tomorrow, 30,000 children will die of preventable diseases. So Dr. De La Torre was talking about how hopeless he feels. So the question is then, what can I do about it? What will I do with those feelings? He said... You know, hopeless, hopelessness, like the standing on the edge of neo-liberalism. Uh, 
I can give up and say, why bother? I can be thankful I have my piece of the pie and tune, tune out or turn on the TV or I could become a cynic. And either one of those acts is an act of privilege. Because those who have to deal with the wretchedness of the world, those who uh, don't have the privilege of, privileges that we do and often take for granted, we have and often take for granted, don't have the choice. The disenfranchised and disinherited have no choice but to fight for justice. So do we fight for justice knowing that in your lifetime, the justice you're trying to achieve, you probably won't see? I mean, the global capitalism for this moment in history has won. That's the reality that our children for at least a few generations will be living with. So do we do something about what's happening in their lives and keep working for what can be changed eight generations from now? Or do we resign ourselves? I want to share some words from a Unitarian Universalist minister named Erica Hewitt, and I'm paraphrasing her. We give to our congregation with a mission to transform its members so that they can transform the world. I've heard any number of you say you want to be more involved, in, want to see our church more involved in social action. There are two ways that happens. That's with our energy and with our money. So when we come now to the pledge time, we're doing good. A lot is going on around here. The determination and commitment and dedication of individuals in this church are bringing about significant, you know, uh, projects and changes that we that we have wanted and have worked for. But anyway, we choose not to harden our gaze and narrow our hearts. We choose not to be seduced from our perches where abundance is visible and alive in the world by the siren song of there's not enough or hang on to what's yours. We give because we can and we stand in solidarity with those who cannot because that's who we are. I've talked before about uh, trying to give what isn't yours to give and how exhausting that is. 
they're all, they're, you know, we can get pretty good attitudes going at televangelists and people who talk about uh, abundance, you know, you know, talk about the more money you send my church, the more God will bless you, you know. Um, but there are people from Joel Osteen to Wayne Dyer that talk about the way that our lives shift in a different dynamic when we're generous and when, we're, when that flow is a part of how we set our lives up. So do we give because we want rewards? Do we give from a sense of guilt? Do we give because we have to? Or, or do we give to things because that's what we want to do, that's who we are, that's what we believe in, that's what we stand for, and that's just what we do. Personally, the tighter I hold on to things, especially money, the less of it I have. If I get fearful around it, it's going to shrink. And if I let it go, not throw it away, but let it go, my life changes. I don't know what your experience is, but I'd like to invite you to consider that possibility. We recognize abundance. We give from our abundance, not with expectation, though we can maybe get something from it anyway. Not for guilt or fear, Though I think we do feel some responsibility for the people we care about in this, in this interdependent web we're a part of. We know there's abundance of suffering and we know through the Buddhist tradition that it's clinging that creates suffering. Attachment that creates suffering. Love is something if you give it away. Sharing what we have is an outward sign of an inward truth. So, the dollar bill. If you personally feel like you're willing to kind of make a, a new commitment to, to standing in solidarity with some of those who have less, or the disenfranchised, if you're willing to, at some level, make a deeper commitment to this organization that, and help us move farther into carrying the values we stand for into the community, then let's put the dollars in the plate.
There was another preacher that did a sermon with dollar bills. He pulled one out of his pocket and folded it up and unfolded it and folded it up and unfolded it. And he knew sleight of hand. So at some point, this $1 bill turns into a million-dollar bill. And he gave that to the offering basket. Of course, it wasn't a real one. So I'm thinking those $1 bills have more value. But but maybe the sleight of hand would have helped. There's a game today. I need to let y'all go. What is ours to do? What can we give? What is the abundance in which we're floating? What are the privileges that we're oblivious to that we maybe need to pay attention to? Just invite you to think about that a little bit.